are listening to TKO on CFRE Radio, 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, my friend? This is your girl, Janon, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game, and where they are now. Okay, my friends, today is a special day because I am extremely pumped up. International Fight Week is finally upon us. It is finally here. Yes! So as we've already, you know, uh, kind of teased this throughout our um, previous episodes, our recent episodes, International Fight Week is going to be pretty exciting uh, because we're not just going to be having one fight card over the weekend. We're going to be having multiple fight cards throughout International Fight Week. So that's going to be pretty exciting. And let me tell you this. The cards are going to be extremely, ex- extremely stacked this year, starting off with the Ultimate Fighter finale card on Friday night, this upcoming Friday. And then it is going to be followed up by UFC 213, the stacked up UFC 213 on Saturday night. So that those are going to be pretty exciting. And guess what? We're going to be talking about them here on the show. So make sure that you do not go anywhere because we're going to be talking about those fights. We're going to be previewing them. We're going to be talking about the things that each um, person, each fighter needs to keep in mind to be successful and to come on top during their fights. And we are trying to give up predictions as well. I mean, we don't usually give up predictions because... Let's just face it, they're not always uh, correct, but I mean, it's always fun to give out predictions. It just um, adds, adds up so much more to the, to the hype of the fight, so why not? So yeah, we're going to be talking about the fights that are coming up this weekend for International Fight Week, and man, I am just so hyped up. I mean, <laughs> the more I say it, probably the more redundant it will sound, but I mean... I, I, I'm almost speechless because these fights are just so good and I cannot wait to talk about them with you guys on TKO. So what are we waiting for? Without further ado, let's get started. Yes. So just like I already said, on Friday night, there's going to be the Ultimate Fighter finale. Now, let's just um, go back for a second. I mean, we haven't talked about The Ultimate Fighter, the show, on uh, on TKO for a while. So I'm just going to tell you guys what it is again. So The Ultimate Fighter is a reality show developed by the UFC. Uh, as it, you know, it sorts out it, uh, professional fighters, professional MMA fighters. And I would say it's almost similar to American Idol or just any other um, competition show that you see on TV, except it's just done with fighting. So these guys audition through their fighting and the UFC picks them. And later on, they are sorted into several teams, into two teams. And the teams are each um, led by two um, UFC prospects, so two coaches. And this year, so this year was the 25th season of The Ultimate Fighter. And this year, the coaches are Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw. So Cody Garbrandt, as you guys already know, is the current UFC bantamweight champion. And TJ Dillashaw is the former uh, bantamweight um, UFC champion. So... 
as you guys can imagine, there's a lot of beef going on between these two guys, between these two coaches. So how the show works again is that these two guys um, basically lead their team and um, the fighters on the show basically keep fighting each other until they get to the finale. So it's almost like a tournament. And by the time they get to the finale, whoever wins the show uh, ultimately gets a UFC contract and a, uh, a prize, obviously. And also on the Ultimate Fighter finale card, usually the coaches also get to face off and uh, get to fight one another. And uh, usually most of the time it's pretty exciting because the coaches are usually chosen so that they have a lot of beef with each other and the uh, their match is going to be pretty exciting to watch so you know this year it was um, pretty exciting because Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw actually used to be teammates back in the day and the thing is TJ Dillashaw he had to leave um, the current team that Cody Garbrandt trains at which is um, Team Alpha Male in Sacramento California to go train somewhere else, but there was a lot of beef and confusion and controversy going on, saying that OTG Delshot basically betrayed Team Alpha Male and uh, he's a snake and blah blah blah. And so yeah, there's a lot of animosity between these two guys. But okay, the thing is this year is going to be different for the Ultimate Fighter finale because Cody Garbrandt actually injured his back and he had to go through a back surgery. And so he would not be able to fight during the Ultimate Fighter finale card, which is a bummer. And so what the UFC was saying was to have TJ Dillashaw face off against another top contender. Well, in this case, one of the greatest fighters in the UFC right now and yes I'm talking about Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson the current flyweight champion um, you know it, it, it wasn't going to be in bantamweight because that's the weight division that Cody Gar uh, excuse me TJ Dillashaw usually fights at but because Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson it fights at 125 pounds then they would have had to fight at a catch weight. But the thing is, for so many, so many reasons didn't happen. And so the fight between the coaches is off for now. And we're not really sure when Cody Garbrandt is going to be back. But oh, well, I mean, yeah, that the fight will probably happen someday in the future. We're just not sure when that will be. And so, yeah, so we're not actually sure who the finalists uh, uh, on the Ultimate Fighter card are going to be from the actual show. So we just have to wait and see on um, Wednesday night, uh, you know, who is going to win or, or who are going to be the finalists so that they get to face off on Friday night. I mean, they obviously know themselves. It's just that we, the fans who <laughs> watch this show from the TV, just don't know yet because the final episode hasn't been um, broadcasted yet. So there you have that. But I mean, other than that, I feel like it's because this Ultimate Fighter finale card is being featured alongside UFC 213. It's just not getting enough, um, you know, attention and promotion. And it really does make sense because, you know, the the f finale fight itself is pretty much all everybody's looking forward to. And, you know, comparing the Ultimate Fighter finale card to the UFC 213 card, it's nearly not as stacked. So I guess it will make, I mean, as an MMA purist, I would definitely say go watch it. It's going to be pretty exciting. A lot of great talent on the card. But, I mean, comparing it, I guess, promotional-wise or 
big name big name wise it's not you can't really compare it to ufc 213 Okay, anyways, but definitely, just like I said, definitely do watch it. Do Definitely do watch the Ultimate Fighter finale on Friday night because it's going to be pretty exciting. But moving on to UFC 213. Yes, so this is almost the equivalent to UFC 200 last year, um, you know, because it was the card that everybody, everybody was talking about. But the thing is, this time around, I mean, we do have a lot of big name draws on this card. But if you are only an MMA fan, you will know these people. If you've been following MMA for a while, then this this card is going to be your heaven, your ticket to heaven. Okay, and I mean, yeah, it's it's not your typical Ronda Rousey or Conor McGregor fight card where you just tune in, just buy the pay per view, tune in to only watch that the final fight, that main event fight, to see that one superstar fight. It, it, this card, the UFC 213 card, is stacked with big name and talented, talented fighters. So, I mean, personally, just like I've said many, many times on the show right now, I'm pretty hyped up for this card because it's going to be pretty exciting. So, what are we waiting for? Let's get started with breaking down the fights. But before I do that, let's just take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Do not go anywhere.
Hey everybody, what is happening? That was Born Ready by Zayd Wolf. And let me tell you this about this song. So this is a song that I usually listen to when I'm doing cardio at the gym because it just pumps me up so much. And also there's this um, video on YouTube that has a song in the background and um, it basically shows all the great MMA highlights that have happened over this past year. And so I would definitely recommend that you watch this video on YouTube because it definitely, definitely pumps you up. No matter what mood you're in at that moment, it will just pump you up and just get the adrenaline flowing in your blood. So yeah, man, there you have that. So before the break, we promised that we're going to be breaking down the fights on UFC 213. Yes. Okay. So first of all, a announcement. So um, last week it was announced that the fight between Donald and Cowboy Cerrone and Robbie Lawler on the main card of UFC 213 was actually canceled because uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone had some sort of an infection and so he was hospitalized and just things didn't uh, work out for him. However, this fight is rescheduled to happen at UFC 214. Yes, yeah, so, you know, it's uh, it's not like we're sad that it's not happening on this card. We're just happy that it's happening sometime in the future and actually in the near future because UFC 214 is towards the end of July. So that's going to be pretty exciting. But still, that does not take anything away from how stacked and fantastic the main card at UFC 213 looks. So starting off, uh, the first fight on the main card of UFC 213 is a fight between Jim Miller and the former featherweight champion Anthony Pettis. So this fight is going to be pretty exciting, my friends, because Jim Miller is a brawler and Anthony Pettis is one of a kind. There's a reason why he uh, he used to be the champion. However, the thing is, with Anthony Pettis, he's had a few setbacks. And by that, I mean, in his, in his um, last fight, it was for the interim um, uh, championship for the featherweight interim championship uh, against Max Holloway, okay? And so when he was fighting Max Holloway, I mean, you guys already know that Max Holloway is the current um, featherweight champion. So as he was fighting Max Holloway, you know, his mind just didn't seem like it was into it. And yeah, I don't know what was going on with him. And he did miss weight when he was cutting down to featherweight so that was that was a setback for him. But I mean, skill wise, I don't I don't feel like your skills just go away out of nowhere. They are always with you. You just have to know how to utilize them. And so that night, it wasn't Anthony Pettis's night. But what about the fight before that and the fight before that? You know, he was completely on top and he was completely dominating over his opponents. So let's just not forget that. And He's one of those guys that has, you know, when he punches you, even though he's he's almost a lightweight. So because he's um, only he only fights at 145 or 155, his knockout power isn't technically that much. But when he punches you, he punches really, really hard. So Jim Miller really needs to watch out for that. 
But the thing is, just like I said, Jim Miller is a brawler. And, you know, when he goes out there, he fights with his entire heart and soul. And he just puts every single cell in his body into into what he's doing at that moment. He's fighting with every single fiber in his body. And unfortunately for him, for the past few fights that he's had, he, you know, he hasn't won consecutively, obviously. And uh, but the thing is, the only the only times recently that he's lost has been through decision and really, really close decisions. So let's just not give him any grief for that, because like I said, he's a brawler and he's a fighter in every 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 means so yeah man there you have that that's gonna be pretty exciting what a great way to start off the main card of ufc 213 i mean it will definitely set the tone for the um, for the rest of the fights for the rest of the night and it's gonna be pretty exciting definitely watch it uh, you know, some people just uh, <laughs> buy the pay-per-view and just don't watch the cards until the main the main event. But I would say just start watching these fights from the first event because they're definitely worth it. it just like I said, because the fight the card is just so stacked, you can you cannot miss a fight on this card overall. So just keep watching. Just start watching from the beginning. Okay. Okay, moving on to the next fight on the main card. Oh, man, this is going to be a rematch between Fabricio Verdum and Alistair Overeem. So, a heavyweight fight, obviously. Actually, this is going to be the third fight between these guys. And it's pretty interesting because both of these guys are pretty top-ranked in the heavyweight division at the moment. As we already know, Fabricio Verdum is the former heavyweight champion. Unfortunately, he was um, knocked out by the current champion, Stephen Majocic. But, you know, other than that, the performances that he's had, he's been completely on top. Fantastic submission skills, fantastic striking for a heavyweight. You know, when you see heavyweights, um, they usually just stand around and just you know they're not that dynamic and they're just waiting to throw that one punch to knock the other dude out however Fabricio Verdum isn't one of those guys he's constantly light on his feet he has great footwork he's constantly moving around and he throws kicks that you can't even possibly think of you know um I I'm not really sure if it was his uh past fight this um, you know his most recent fight but uh, I remember when he was fighting his opponent, uh, Travis Brown, and uh, when the first round started, Fabricio Verdun went straight in with a, si- with a sidekick, just throwing the sidekick towards Travis, uh, Travis Brown's face, and it actually, uh, you know, the, the kick actually absorbed. <laughs> you know, you don't really see a lot of those things um, in a heavyweight fight, but Fabricio Verdum is one of those guys that brings that excitement, that, that entertainment and strength uh, of, um, of, the, of the fighting into the octagon with him. Now, let's talk about Alistair Overeem, man. Alistair Overeem is one of the best tr- strikers in the heavyweight division, if not the entire organization. He is just so technical, and he's a phenomenal kickboxer. So I would say the only thing that he needs to work on is his wrestling because Fabricio Verdum is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu who would definitely try to take down Alistair Overeem. 
And we've seen that whenever Alistair Overeem is on his back, he doesn't perform well. He just gets grounded and pounded. Uh, you know, sometimes he gets submitted. He can't properly defend himself on the ground. He, just like I said, his forte is a striking, so he needs to keep the fight um, in uh, in striking and just um, not on the ground if possible. And for Fabricio Verdum, he he he's actually pretty good in both striking and grappling. So. You know, he doesn't really have a problem in terms of that. However, I would say, I mean, <laughs> probably too late now to tell him to do something. But uh, if he wants to be successful, his cardio needs to be on point. Because in his past fights, the only times that he's shown weakness is in his cardio. So if the fight goes the full distance, in this case, the entire three rounds, you know, it could be kind of tedious for a heavyweight, especially because you're constantly moving and you're trying to uh, just keep it, keep it coming, keep the punches coming and the kicks. You know, it's going to get pretty exhausting. So Fabricio Verdun really needs to work on his cardio and just keep the heartbeat going and not get tired. And so, yeah, man, this is going to be a pretty exciting fight to watch. Oh, also, I just remembered that I said <laughs> we're going to have predictions. And I forget that uh, that I I forgot to give you a prediction for the past fight. So let's just give a prediction for this fight first. So my prediction is that Fabricio Verdum is going to come on top in this fight. And that will be probably through... Oh, it's going to be uh, through a finish. I'm not exactly sure if it's going to be through a knockout or a submission, but man, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go with a submission. That's what my gut tells me at the moment. And going back to the previous fight, the Anthony Pettis and Jim Miller fight, I would say, ooh, that's going to be pretty hard. If the fight goes um, the full distance, I would give it to Jim Miller. If the fight, if there's a finish somehow, I would give it to Anthony Pettis. I know that's not how predictions usually work, but I mean, I'm just saying what really makes sense in terms of the MMA math. But again, we already know that the MMA math doesn't always work out. So yeah, man, there you have that. Okay, moving on. Ooh, the co-main event of the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a middleweight bout. This is for the interim championship. This is a fight between Yoel Romero, the number one contender, and Robert Whitaker, the new prospect, Robert Whitaker. Oh, this fight is going to be so exciting to watch because we all know how deadly Yoel Romero is whenever he's fighting. He's currently undefeated in the UFC. Actually, he's only had one defeat on his professional record. And he just seems, you know, <laughs> unbeatable in a way. And you can't... <laughs> it's just hard to mess with him, man. Because he's just so powerful. Yoel Romero used to wrestle for the Cuban uh, wrestling team in the Olympics. And, you know, he has, a, he has a silver medal. And he's just so tough. And when you have that wrestling mentality, it's just so hard to defeat you, first of all, mentally. And then, secondly... Physically, because wrestlers are just so tough physically, the things that they have to go through um, uh, when they're in training camp is just so tough. And uh, uh, like they do, they're, in my opinion, they're the ultimate athletes. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're a striker or like you're a basketball player or whatever. I mean, that's just my own personal opinion. If you're a wrestler, you're an ultimate athlete. 
And so Yoel Romero is, as you can as you can already know, as you can already imagine, he's just so good at wrestling because he used to wrestle for the Olympic team, and he it's so hard to first of all grapple with him and to take him down. I mean, can you imagine? It's just like what are you doing you know so robert whitaker i would say he needs to avoid wrestling with yoel romero as possible even though it, it could be predicted that yoel romero might uh, start grappling with robert whitaker because that's his forte so obviously he might just go for that but you know he could he could have a different game plan we're not really sure and robert whitaker has fantastic striking and he doesn't get this boy doesn't get tired he is only 26 years old and he is on his run to becoming a champion. And on UFC 213, on that night, we're going to see whether or not he makes that dream come true. And it's going to be pretty exciting to watch the, the fight between Yoel Romero and Robert Whitaker. Do not miss this fight, you guys. This could be pretty, pretty exciting. I mean, whew, this fight is just so... It's going to be out of this world. I don't know how... It's just so hard to predict who's going to win this fight. But my gut, at the moment, my gut tells me that Robert Whitaker is taking this one, guys. And, okay, I would say it would be through a finish. Or actually, no, it will be through a decision because Yoel Romero has shown that he really gasses out uh, towards the end of the fight. So, okay, my prediction is Robert Whitaker taking this one, taking the W for himself through a decision. Okay, quickly moving on to the main event of the evening. We have the Women's Bantamweight Championship belt on the line with Amanda Nunes, the current champion, defending her belt against Valentina Shevchenko. So it's going to be a rematch between these two ladies. Um, the first fight that these two had, it was a very, very close decision, and Amanda Nunes won that fight. However, the thing is, okay, so far, whoever... Uh, Amanda Nunes has faced they've been pretty slow on their feet and pretty slow in terms of reacting to whatever is coming towards them however in this case Valentina Shevchenko I would say is the is one of the only fighters who can actually handle Amanda Nunes because she not only has the striking of Amanda Nunes and you know she also has the wrestling and the kickboxing and all the all of those other skills that you need to have as an MMA fighter you know, it, it's like Amanda Nunes is almost facing herself, but an improved version of herself, an updated version of herself. And I hope that makes sense because I'm saying this because both of these ladies are so similar to each other in terms of talent and skill. So, again, it's going to be so hard to predict, but I would give this one to Valentina Shevchenko. And, man, ooh. I know these predictions are kind of hard to make sense of, but that's just how your girl right here feels about these fights. So let's just wait and see what actually happens on fight night. And man, I'm looking at the clock right now. Oh, we're almost out of time. I, I have to say this is where we have to say goodbye. So unfortunately, that's all the time we're going to have for this week. Make sure go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our show. And until next time, it's your girl Janon right here, my friends. And this is TKO. Peace out. Watch UFC 213.